1: This is Jonathan Hansen. I'm the president of World Ministries International. I want to welcome you to the warning television program. Those that are watching on social media or listening. Welcome again. Those that are listening on shortwave or our radio programs. Welcome. Uh, I just got back from Kansas. We had tremendous meetings, tremendous meetings. I'm in my uh, college chapel with our staff and, and uh, I'll tell you great people. And uh, they understand, I believe, where we're at, like we all need to understand. And uh, as one gave a word, we need to come together in unity. And that's the church at large. We've got to come together. The church at large can stop the tyranny. Right? We can stop it right now if we come together. And there's got to be a sweeping revival all through the United States, uh, like a Nineveh experience, and we've got to come together. Now, we are living in a very confused and dangerous world Today, like never before, we need to develop strong faith. The Bible is very clear. You become what you are, who you hang out with. So you become who you are with. Elisha hung out with Elijah. Joshua with Moses. Saul, who became the apostle Paul, hung out with the other apostles. Who do you hang out with? Is your faith growing or is it dying? It depends on your relationships, your friends. Who do you hang out with? Do they encourage you, build you up, challenge you to move deeper in the ways of God? Or do they depress you? Is it a positive or a negative influence? We must develop faith relationships. I must. You must. That's the title of today's message. We must develop faith relationships. Jesus was a man of great faith who taught that his disciples what faith is. He taught them what faith is. They watched him speak faith, live faith, breathe faith. So much of Jesus' ministry was teaching and bringing people into the faith realm of receiving from God. Even Jesus could do, quote, no mighty works when there was no faith. No mighty works where there was no faith. If any of you had a chance to speak, it's always better if you're in a room that has faith. When you're in a room where there's great anticipation, when you're in a room where people want to hear. Isn't it better? Jesus could do no mighty works when he was in a place with no faith. My text, Mark 6, 1 through 6. Then he went out from there and came to his own country. And his disciples followed him. And when the Sabbath had come, he began to teach in the synagogue. And many hearing him were astonished, saying, where did this man get these things? And what wisdom is this which is given to him, that such mighty works are performed by his hands? Is not this the carpenter, the son of Mary, the brother of James, Judas, Simon, And are we not with his sisters here? So they were offended at him because Jesus said to them, a prophet is not without honor except in his own country, among his own relatives and in his own house. Think about that. How true that is, isn't it? Just think of all of you who's watching all of those in this room You can bless many people, but you go to some people who maybe knew you a long, long time ago, or some relative, and you can't do too much in that realm of faith, witnessing, praying, because they don't want to hear you. They don't receive you. They think they know you, and they don't. They don't know the faith relationship you have now. So instead of realizing that you're a gift coming to them to bless them and help them and restore them, sometimes... You're sort of an outcast, aren't you? Instead of being celebrated, sometimes you're only tolerated. Sometimes you're not even tolerated. Sometimes you have a problem when you go back home. And he <laughs> lay hands on a few people and healed them. That's all he could do, just lay hands on a few. He marveled because of their unbelief. Then he went about the village in a circuit teaching, Mark 6, 1 through 6. Because of their unbelief, he could do no mighty works. I think even the people in this room, if you you went to many people, you could bless them. There's some people, though, maybe some relatives, that you'd have a hard time. Because Jesus had a hard time. He can be received all over the world, but not sometimes with your own relatives. Or some of your own relatives. All over the world, but not some of your relatives. Or maybe some of your children. Romans 10, 17, when Jesus ran into the wall of unbelief, he resorted to teaching people because, quote, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Eagle saving nations. We're going to have to do a lot of preaching and teaching because faith needs to come into their hearts that have already rejected because of false denominational teaching and they don't move in reality or true faith. So faith cometh by hearing and hearing the word of God. And that happens everywhere we go, no matter what country. Uh, When you're with a heathen, faith cometh by hearing and hearing the word of God. That's why we preach. That's why we teach. That's why we witness. That's why we disciple. Whenever Jesus saw faith in action, he would always point it out to his followers so they could have a living example. Jesus wanted to show his followers, hey, that's what faith looks like. That's how faith behaves. That's how faith acts. Mark, or I should say Matthew 8, 5 through 10. Let's read it. Now, when Jesus entered Capernaum, a certain centurion came to him, pleading with him, saying, Lord, my servant is lying at home, paralyzed, dreadfully tormented. Jesus said to him, I will come and heal him. The centurion answered and said, Lord, I am not worthy that you should come under my roof, but only speak a word and my servant will be healed. For I also am a man under authority, having soldiers under me. And I say to this one, Go, and he goes. To another, Come, and he comes. And to my servant, Do this, and he does it. And Jesus heard it, he marveled, and said to those who followed, Assuredly, I say to you, I have not found such great faith, not even in Israel. So here Jesus is pointing out to his own disciples, who's later become apostles, and others moving with him. Wow, look at this man, a centurion, a Gentile, a Greek, not even of the house of Israel, but he has more faith than you do. All faith is is acting on God's word, whether you read it, whether it's spoken. Again, all of us are members of the house of God. We're grafted in, into the vine. Jesus came for us all, not just one nation or the Jewish people. He came for us all. Such a beautiful story and such a beautiful example of faith and family. The centurion was family. The disciples became men of great faith after Jesus departed into heaven. Okay, we should note, after. Why am I saying it? Don't give up hope on people. Don't give up hope. Maybe maybe you got children that are giving you a hard time. Well, don't give up hope. Maybe you got cousins or friends that are giving you... Don't give up hope. There is always hope. You should never give up. You should never wash them away because... That's not the example of faith, meaning the Holy Spirit, Jesus Christ. They, he never gives up on us. Never. It's sad if you give up on family and friends. Do not give up. There is always hope. Just look at the testimonies we had this very morning in this very room. Years and years, they, and they use the word decades, praying for them. And both in the same week. Well, that's a double blessing. Amen. Husband and wife, double blessing. Each one had a family member. I want Jesus. I need him. Man, that would make you s- sing and dance and clap your feet. You know, jump up and clap. Click your heels. In other words, I think my wife could do it, but I, c- I couldn't do it. <laughs> Jackie might be able to do it. <laughs> I mean, she, she she looks pretty limber, but I don't think Scott could do it. See, Scott and I are the same, but we tried to. We I think, Scott, if you and I tried to jump up and clap our heels, we'd fall on our nose. <laughs> anyway, I would. <laughs> Maybe you can do it better, but. Uh, I've watched Adalia do all sorts of gymnastics <laughs> and I watched both of you sing and dance and I love it I love it I love it and I can I can sing and dance but I don't think I can do some of the things that you two could do praise the Lord but that doesn't mean I can't do other things we all have something to do in the kingdom of God and we all can do it and we can do it well we can do it with excellence amen I'm looking at the men in my room right here, and none of you, I think, you'd all fall in the category of myself and and, and Scott. Have you jumped up and tried to click your heels? (laughs) I'm not sure what would happen. Maybe you could accomplish it. But, yeah, we could try, huh? Maybe I'm going to try when I leave here. Let's see what happens. I just might try. (laughs) Now, the disciples became men of great faith, after Jesus departed to heaven. And they were filled with the Holy Spirit. They continued to do and teach all Jesus had done and taught the people. With the same supernatural signs and wonders. With the same Jesus in them. True ambassadors. But it took a process. Jesus now went to heaven. They had been with him over three years. They had watched him. They had heard him. He had corrected them. He had challenged them. He had, oh, you have little faith. Somebody that loves you, they're going to get in your face. If you don't let them in your face, then uh, that's too much pride on your part too. Yeah. Let somebody love you kindly in your face. Because Jesus got in these disciples' faith face, and he did it more than once. But they became tremendous apostles. The only one that became nothing is a Judas. Because he didn't repent to the end. He continued to harden his heart, want his own way, and try to manipulate Christ. You can't do that. We cannot manipulate the word of God or the spirit of God. We've got to submit to it. They continue to do and teach all Jesus had done and taught the people with the same authority, the same miracles. The result from having been with Jesus for three and one half years where they continually lived in a atmosphere of the God kind of faith. See what I know things that changed my life a lot watching my grandmother her faith, watching my father, his faith, watching my one of my cousins in Singapore, his faith. Developed an apostolic church. They developed 2,000 churches out of one church. I mean, these kind of people challenged me and my faith, watching them. Obviously, they taught the word of God well in context. So listening to the word, watching their life, challenged my faith. Acts 4.13, and when they saw the boldness of John and Peter, perceived that they were uneducated and untrained, they marveled and they realized they had been with Jesus. Okay, what's the key? They saw the boldness. They saw. Jesus knew the spirit of faith, now get this, could be transferred through association. So he called these men into a close relationship with him. Faith can be transferred with close association, the transfer of faith. Mark 3, 13 through 15. He went up into the mountains and called to him those he himself wanted. And they came to him. Then he appointed 12 that they might be with him. And he might send them out to preach and to have power to heal the sick, to cast out demons. Mark three thirteen through 15. That they might be with him. Again, we begin this lesson. Who did Elisha hang out with? Elijah. Joshua. Moses, we can take that example on and on and on and see the transfer of faith, the transfer of anointing, the transfer of mantle of leadership. Another word in America for training people was apprenticeship. They watch, they learn how to do a craft. Second Corinthians 4, 13. And since we have the same spirit of faith, according to what is written, I believe, therefore I spoke. We also believe and therefore we speak. I believed and therefore I spoke. I know different people that have wanted to really move with the Lord. Their, their, their flood the gates were wide open to learn. And they, they, they would go and attach themselves to a man, a woman of faith, and just move with them. Just move with them. Just carry their briefcase. Just serve them. Why? Because they're a trans, transfer of anointing, transfer of faith. You know, some people don't understand this. They don't understand this. I go into a lot of these countries, even archbishops want to carry my briefcase. Now, you could let it go to your head, but they, re- they understand a few things we in America don't understand anymore. Honor a servant of God. Anointing comes by servanthood. Transfer of anointing, transfer of faith, transfer of blessing. These are archbishops. We have a problem honoring or wanting to learn. We're independent. We have the spirit of independence. That's a rebellious spirit, a hedonism. Serving of self in America. And Old Blue Eyes, I'll do it my way. Well, I don't think Old Blue Eyes is happy today. Frank Sinatra. I never liked that song because it was so independent and selfish. I liked it when I probably wasn't born again. Every rebel likes the song. I'll do it my way. I'm a maverick. Can't tell me what to do. Nobody else can either. The word of God, spirit of God. You're going to do it your way. Sometimes you repent. And sometimes you go to hell. I've had, I know people that, will not look for a, a woman in America because of the independent spirit most American women have. Now, if you're watching me, uh, you might not like that statement. <laughs> no. That's just a facts. Unless you have a woman that's really repented of that spirit of independence, uh, you got a Jezebel, possibly, and uh, you got to be careful. I guarantee you they fight it all the time because of the spirit in America. That's a stronghold in America, the independent rebellious spirit. Hedonism. It's a stronghold in America. People serve themselves and they say they're serving God. They serve themselves. Hedonism, the seeking of self-pleasure, gratification, whatever you want to please yourself. Usually you can't build a strong church with people with hedonism. They always have some excuse. The Bible tells us to choose our companions carefully because of the transfer of spirits that can occur. Listen to this verse. Proverbs 13, 20. He who walks with wise men will be wise. But the companion companion of fools will be destroyed. Wow. He who walks with wise men will be wise. He who walks with eagles will become an eagle. He who has a companion of chickens will be butchered like a chicken. Now I paraphrased it a little bit. But uh, isn't it the truth? If any of us have anybody we love and you saw them go a wrong direction, look at their associates, right? If they're walking with fools, they, they are a fool. If they're walking with drug addicts and alcoholics, they're a drug addict and alcoholic. Yes, you can witness to them, but you cannot walk with them. They cannot become your best friend where you adopt their values. Jesus went into all sorts of places to witness to them. I mean, don't take it way out of context. Say he ate with publican and sinners, yes, and so should we, to witness. In other words, we we can't hate these people. How do you win somebody you hate? You've got to have love for those people, real love, because they can discern it. They they discern if you love them or just tolerating them. If that's what they discern, you're tolerating them, you're not going to make progress. they got to discern that you really care. You truly care. They realize you don't you don't approve of their behavior, but you truly care. One of my articles recently, I wrote. I gave an example how uh, somebody once said, "You know, I I can't let." Uh, I was actually a man's sister. Actually, the man was a pastor, and I can't. a Young pastor, very young, mainline church, and and I can't allow them into my home, and uh, because she's a lesbian, and uh, I wrote on I wrote on this, not naming the people involved, and said, "Well." How in the world are you ever going to lead your sister to the Lord if you don't even let her in your home? What I would do, I have a boy. I've raised daughters. I would say, you know, uncle or auntie, uh, they're coming today. uh, You know, they're not right with God, but we love them anyway. But not to let them even in your home. You have no influence over there. Where is the love of God that you supposedly have? I don't get it. I don't get it. Where's the love of God? What are you going to do? Keep your, your little boy and girl isolated in a prison and not let them come in contact with reality? Reality is everywhere they go. You got to develop them. Sure, if somebody is dangerous, you know, they're going to hurt them. That's another story, isn't it? But if they're just living in sin, to some extent, we are all sinners saved by grace. To some extent. You know, the degree of, of sin is, is, is something. Maybe just a bad attitude. That's not good. That's not good. You know, losing temper. That's not good. There's a lot of things that are sin. Certainly it's a little different than open defiance and and, and, and going to uh, live in fornication or adultery and all this kind of stuff. But sin, nevertheless. We help people overcome their weaknesses, their sin. We want them to go to the cross. We want them to find the source of salvation that will bring peace. We cannot Isolate them or totally reject them. Jesus ate with publicans and sinners to win them to salvation. Look at the woman at the well. Wow. Great testimony, isn't it? Great example. Not one, not two, not three. I mean, quite a few marriages. (laughs) Come on. You know your story, right? Yeah. Yet the love of God that reached out to her, she was overcome by God's true love. And that's how you're going to lead somebody to the Lord. They know you don't agree with them, but they know, too, if you love them. That's the difference. They know, you know, they love me. And that is critical. That is critical where you want to please God. You've got people have to know you love them. Your family that are in sin, they have to know you love them. You can't reject them because you're not pleased with their behavior. They've got to know you love them. If they're a danger to themselves or you, that's another story. But if you don't agree with their lifestyle, sometimes, which a lot of their lifestyle is wrong, you need to help change their lifestyle through the gospel, through love, through faith. Lead them to the cross. The spirit of the fool was transferred to one. The spirit of wisdom was transferred to another. Where will we find people with strong faith? Where do you Where do you find people with strong faith? You don't find them in the in the bars. You find people in the community of believers with faith that are associating together according to the New Testament. We come together, this is where we find people of faith. This is where we can help one another, encourage one another, pray for one another, build up one another, support one another. You're not going to get it out there. Acts 2 42 and 47 through 47, and they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and the breaking of bread and in prayers. The key is they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. Then fear came on every soul. Many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. We come right back to Jackie, your word of unity. They continued. They continued in the apostles' doctrine. In other words, in unity. That's how Pentecost spread. That's how salvation spread. That's how the early church grew. They continued together in unity. In the apostles' doctrine, fellowship, breaking of bread, in prayers. They were together. And that is the key, the church growth. Acts 2.20, how I kept back nothing that was helpful but proclaimed to you and taught you publicly from house to house. You know, the apostles could say, I kept nothing back. People loved them or they did, but they kept nothing back. Even to the point of giving up their own lives for these people. Like Paul gave up his own, he knew if he went to Rome, it was prophesied what would happen. He gave up his own life. He gave everything for the people in Rome. Now, if that's not love, I don't know what love is. I held nothing back. He he taught Bible studies. He did everything. And he was willing to die because he knew there was no such thing as death. Every believer left us a pattern to follow in the modern day church where we meet regularly in both the corporate and gatherings and smaller intimate groups to encourage and strengthen one another. You won't find people of strong faith sitting in a knife club or casually on the street. You must look for them in the community of believers. The apostles role modeled the need to remain in company with other believers. After they were beaten and threatened by preaching Jesus, they sought out their companions in faith. And being let go, they went to their companions and reported all the chief priests and elders had said to them, Acts 4.23. Wow. Wow. Like I came back and shared the great things happened in Kansas. Then I heard the great things here and that my wife, whoo, somebody said, your wife rocks. Now we're talking about, she preached last week. We heard great testimonies one from another, amen? We heard words, we heard testimonies. It was good. It was good. Are you a chicken or are you an eagle? If you walk with the chickens and talk with the chickens and eat with the chickens, then you become a chicken, But if you talk with the eagles and walk with the eagles and eat with the eagles, then you will fly with the eagles, soar with the eagles, and have the faith of the heroes of the Bible. Men and women of great faith. We must develop faith relationships. That's what I want more than anything else, to just have faith relationships with men and women of God. Just that's what's important. And that's how we remain strong. Be sure. God bless you.
0: Thanks for listening to this episode of Warning Radio with Dr. Jonathan Hansen, founder and president of World Ministries International. Warning Radio is a listener-supported program.